Welcome to another edition of the Untold Patriot Stories podcast with Scott Prusak and Dave Usher, where you'll hear stories told by the players and media members. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Untold Patriot Stories, where I guess tonight will be a former wide receiver for the Patriots, Michael Floyd. Uh, myself, Scott Prusak, uh, co-host uh, Dave Usher, and Bob Hilberg are with me too. So, Michael, thank you for coming on, and uh, we're going to get this podcast k- kicked off. Awesome. It's a pleasure. So, Appreciate it. Welcome, Michael. Uh, we want to really get into uh, you were an athlete growing up uh, in high school, playing multiple sports. And that, I mean, that's one of the things we hear from a lot of players is, you know, when you're enjoying uh, playing any kind of sports, try to excel at everything. So you were in the long jump and sprinting and basketball. And tell us a little bit about your high school career. Yeah, well, it's a little crazy now. You know, kids kind of really focus on one sport. I don't know where that came from. But, uh, you know, when I was growing up, you know, each season they had something that you could do. So, uh, you know, my dad started me uh, playing peanut football in second grade. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, I played that all the way, the same team, the West Side Boosters. I lived on the east side of St. Paul, but my dad, uh, he coached over onto the west side, just another part of town. Um, so that's how I got into playing for that team. Uh, and I, I don't think I picked up basketball until about fourth, fifth grade. Uh, I wasn't very good. I was just fast. Uh, so I got the opportunity to play on the A team when I, I had a tryout for summer basketball. Uh, so that's how basketball started. And, uh, I started running track in about seventh, eighth grade, uh, you know, just to kill some time and, uh, give my mom some freedom from, uh, me being <laughs> <at the house. laughs> so you became the, the Minnesota player of the year, uh, back to back, uh, high school player of the year. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I said a little bit ago, I grew up on the East side of St. Paul. Uh, in Minnesota. Uh, I went to uh, public middle school for seventh, eighth grade. Uh, and I, I remember vividly uh, in eighth grade, everyone was standing up and they had to tell what high school they were going to. And uh, I was the only one who stood up uh, and said I was going to a private school. And I remember everyone laughed, even the teacher. Hmm. You know, oh, you're not going to that school. <laughs> and that's exactly what school I went to. And everyone from my high school, they wanted to go and set up a dynasty team at a public school. And I'm like, nah, there's no more public school for me. Like, I'm going my way. You guys can go that way. But I see something here. So I went to one of the best uh, high school Catholic schools um, in Minnesota, Korean Durham Hall. And every time I tell people my story, uh, I always say that was the best decision of my life right there. I'm um, going to that high school. You seem to um, follow in the footsteps of great um, schools or Catholic schools going uh, to Notre Dame. How did that come about that you decided to move from Minnesota to Indiana? Oh, well, when, in my time in high school, there was a power horse. Uh, Rashawn Powers, Neil, Ryan Harris. Uh, well, I can't think off the top of my head. There's probably been seven, eight guys who's uh, who've been to Notre Dame, uh, graduated and went on. Uh, to either have a job or play in the NFL or have an opportunity. Uh, so I knew my high school had that history 
uh, one sending people to college. And uh, I was just like, wow, well, if I get good grades and uh, perform on the field, you know, I get an opportunity, you know, to go to college. So uh, that's exactly what I did. And uh, I chose Notre Dame just because it was kind of like my high school. It's small and everyone there wants to be successful and wants to be somebody. And a good football program, obviously, NBC, they have their own little uh, station of themselves. So that's what I wanted to be every single Saturday to be on TV that everyone can watch also. Yeah, you're right. I've I've been there and it's, you know, it's such a well-known school, but it's a small feel to it, you know, when you're there. It's a beautiful campus, but small. But let's just talk about what a little bit what you did while you were there, because you 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 know we're not really giving the people the full the full <laughs> view of this. So um, um, junior season MVP of the Sun Bowl, uh hundred receptions your senior year, school record, and for your career. 271 catches, 3,686 yards, 37 receiving TDs, 16 career 100-yard games, all school records. That's pretty pretty amazing when you're talking about the history of the Fighting Irish, that you hold the school records and all those. So yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty good, huh? Appreciate <laughs> you're pretty good, huh? I was okay. I, I had, <laughs> you know, I had 10 other guys that made it happen for me. So, uh, and a quarter, quarterback's, every single year that love to throw me the ball. So um, I'm a, I'm appreciative of them for sure. Um, so, but I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a, it's crazy to think that you hold the records there knowing all the guys before you who went there. Like sure. you got the, the, the Tim Brown, <laughs> got Rocket, Ishmael, uh, just so many other ones. Uh, so many great wide receivers that came out of there. Jeff Shamarja. Uh, you know, Raymond McKnight, you know, them are guys who I, I, I grew up watching. Uh, yeah. So uh, to be in that kind of category and hold the records is at that school is um, a pretty good accomplishment for me. So Golden Tate, too. He was you broke you broke one of his records, too. It was Golden yeah, Tate. Tate yeah. 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 He had a pretty good career. So yes, he did. now fast forward. So it's draft day. Where were you on draft day? I was in New York. Okay. Uh, I brought my um my best friend, my nephew, uh my dad, uh my mom and uh my uh my sisters came. I had four of them. Um wow. I think three of three of the four came and then uh I brought my trainer who I've been knowing since I was in 8th grade. Um I brought him too. So you got picked in the first round, 13th overall. So how how was it when so you 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 were probably sitting in the did they have the green room back then when you were there? Yeah, they had the green room. Um it's crazy. So there's not too many uh athletes uh who made it professionally um from Minnesota. Uh so we all kind of know each other. Right. Uh so obviously uh Larry Fitzgerald was with the Cardinals and they had the 13th pick. Uh so I knew him beforehand uh and I knew kind of the teams who were being selected before the 13th pick. So, you know, obviously I can go, you know, top seven. Uh, they had about two two teams uh, then that could possibly pick a wide receiver. Uh, but if I got past that, uh, Justin Blackman went before me at five. If I got past that, it was either going to be Arizona or at 19, I believe it was the New York Jets. Yeah. Um, but I was texting Fitz and, you know, he said, you know, we're taking you at 13. So um, 
But before that, you know, I didn't take off my jacket, man. I had sweat coming all the way down to my belt buckle on my way too. So it's nerve-wracking for sure, man. It's it's even though you know you actually you don't know where you're going, you can right. you, know, you think you know where you're going, but like you just never know what can happen in, in that situation. So tell me about when the phone rings and you actually get the call. Do you remember who called you? Uh it was Mr. Bidwell. Okay. Yeah. Um I can't remember the other guys. Uh, I remember him very well, though. Um, and, you know, he said, you know, welcome to, you want to be a Cardinal? And I said, oh, yes. You know, I've never been there before in my life either. So, yeah. like, this is my <laughs> first time ever going to the desert. Uh, so, yeah, I um, hung out that night, uh, celebrated a little bit with my friends, and then I, I think I had, like, the 7 o'clock flight out yeah. to Phoenix that next morning, so. So so what so I mean obviously none of us will ever get drafted. So what was what was that feeling like getting drafted and walking up to the stage and you know meeting Roger Goodell and like was all that like kind of like a fairy tale to you? Could you believe like what, uh, it's crazy because you know my my dad growing up uh he's a big sports guy and uh you know he always told me, you know, Michael, when you get the ball, you know, run to one side and when everyone comes over there you loop around and you go to the other side and run down the sideline. <laughs> uh, but he also said that, but he, he, he said, you know, you have a chance to go to the NFL since I was in second, third grade. And yeah. back then I'm just like, Oh, whatever. Like, you know, you just, you just being a kid, yeah. you know, yeah. until, I mean, I, when I got to high school, I realized like, you know, I can do this probably. I can, I can make this happen. And, uh, you know, obviously still at that time, I'm not thinking about, too much about the NFL. You know, I'm just trying to play, play ball and have fun and, uh, you know, live in that moment. But uh, to have your dreams come true uh, is pretty a special moment for sure. Yeah. All right. So now I'm going to test your knowledge a little bit. So <laughs> when, when, when was you, do you remember your first touchdown pass? Yeah. It was uh, Sunday and Monday night football versus uh, the Eagles. And it was a it was an eight yard deflected pass, right? Yeah, Kevin Cobb. Yep. Yeah. It was a little yep. stick route. Yeah. So you come to the Patriots, you were claimed off waivers on 12 15, 12, 15, 2016. Do you remember who threw you your first Patriots touchdown? PB. Nope. It was Jimmy Garoppolo, I think. No, 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 no. No, was it TB? So I, yeah, I might have the wrong TV. thing down there. Okay. I had a I had a it was it was chips left. Um and I had an under route, so five, go up five yards, come under. So you're probably like the last look. So yeah. I'm thinking like, oh, I'm just going to run this route good, and hopefully I get the ball. So it's one, two, he looks to the right, looks to the middle, sees me out there, threw me in the ball, and then I kind of carry some people to the end zone. So, But, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So we'll talk about Tom Brady in a little bit. So I'll let, uh, I'll let Bob take it. take the next one. So, Michael, you're in high school. You, you're getting encouraged. You got the speed. You, you get the athletic ability. Who are some of the pizza boys? Are some of your high school coaches? You mentioned your dad a couple of times. Who actually planted that dream in you other than your father that inspired you? I mean, the odds are 100,000 to one that you're going to make it to uh, even college and never mind the pros. But it seems like you always had that focus and that determination, uh, you know, when you were younger. That's what you've been sharing so far. I think I've been uh, so blessed uh, my whole time from when I got to high school uh, until, you know, playing in the pros. I've had 
all types of coaches. Um, matter of fact, I'll take that back. Since I started basketball in fourth, fifth grade, um, I had coaches, Jerry and Terry Robertson. Um, I had Tom Kane as a coach. Uh, then when I got to high school, we had Ray Hitchcock, uh, played 10 plus years in the NFL for the Redskins. Uh, we had all uh, John Alt, one of the top left tackles ever to play in the game. Uh, we just had guys who knew knowledge of football and kept me kind of in the wraps of this is how you do it if you want to make it to the next level. Um, and like I said earlier, I've just been so blessed to have mentors like that to keep uh, me focused to get to where I wanted to go. So I saw a quote in one of the interviews you did of be, everyone being on the same page. And that's one of the things we like about football, everyone working as a unit. Uh, did you learn some things from these coaches and mentors that you've applied to your life after football? Oh yeah, for sure. I think, I think if you don't come out of when you're done playing football and not knowing, you know, skills and kind of technique, how to do things, then, I mean, I, I guess you didn't have no, no good teaching from people, but, uh, you know, just, you know, strive for greatness. I mean, once you put your mind to something, you know, attack it, uh, you know, full throttle. And, uh, once you get it down, bring others with you. You know, don't don't sit there and try to take all the information yourself. Actually bring some people with you and uh, guide them to be better also. And I think that started in high school for me and just started in, you know, having that mentality to be in the weight room all the time. Uh, me and my good friend Shady, who was the running back at the time, uh, it, it was kind of like a, a, a domino effect. Like we started in the weight room. No one was there the next week you know, 15 to 20 different guys on the football team were there because just the mentality and uh, they knew the standard, what we wanted to achieve, uh, even though we didn't win a state title. But we had everyone on the same page and I think mentally wanting the same goal at the same time. So that's always good. So you, you talked about that, you know, not a lot of the guys come out of Minnesota, but there's got to be something in the water there with the receivers yourself and Larry Fitz and Eric Decker and Adam Thielen. I mean, there's, there's some, there's some big names there. NFL guys. Yeah. It's, uh, it's actually, uh, well, when you think of it, like if you talk to any, you talk to Texas, you talk to California, you know, they're not coming to Minnesota to get no, right. no receiver. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> no, they're going to get the, the guys from the cornfields, you know, big linemen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, it's it's good that being a an athlete, uh a skilled player coming out of Minnesota and uh representing uh is 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 very good and actually a, a big accomplishment to us too. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, you talk about the skilled players. Let's let's get into it now. So skilled player you're at the Patriots, one of your teammates, another wide receiver, Julian Edelman. He's uh, got a long pass going. It's the first day of 2017. You're playing the Dolphins, last game of the season. He catches a pass and scrambles, and then out of nowhere, a freight train, otherwise known as Michael Floyd, <laughs> rushes. A, a, a relative of a former Patriot, um, 
the cousin of Ronnie Lepet, Tony Lepet, um, just annihilated him. Can you can you kind of go back to to that and give, and set the scene? Did you know that? Did you you see him coming and know that you were just going to end his dreams? Well, first, there was no penalty at that time, and you couldn't get fined for that. <laughs> right, so you couldn't good. do that now. Totally legal, yeah. No, what yeah. you, you did, totally legal. Uh, but I remember, like that that chemistry that they had is you know is is unmatched like them two together you know all the time that they spent i mean you can throw gronk into that um category also but like i remember you know they had such good chemistry where that that route could be anything for him you know and it's just a look from from time to him knowing what to do if someone blitzes uh so someone did he uh shortened his route a little bit and uh he was on his way. I think he might have would have get caught, might have got caught if I didn't hit Lippin. But uh, <laughs> I had the opportunity to um, spring him loose, and uh, you know it was seventy-seven yard touchdown or something like that. I believe. Yeah, so, so you exactly. hit it right on the no- right on the nose. Yeah, he put the burners on him. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I think that's what Pats fans. That's ingrained in their mind. You know, for you weren't here for that long, but they always remember you for that. That was yeah, that was something I- else. <laughs> I always get them that that play uh, every time I post something on social media or something. You know, there's always uh, one or two of the fans, you know, that that comments on my pictures saying that, or they send me a video on my DMs, and uh, yeah. I say I appreciate it for being a fan for me. Uh, but yeah, it always comes around all the time. <laughs> so let me. So what that hit? Let me. What was the, the the adrenaline must have been going right through you, especially when you hit him, and then after, right? I mean, when you see Edelman going for the touchdown, I mean. Wh- what was it like when you put that hit on him? You must have been feeling pretty good when you hit him. I think uh, for me, <laughs> for me, when you're doing something for for somebody else uh, on the field, whether it's blocking and you spring a running back for 80 yard touchdown or it's a big hit, uh, yeah, that 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 extra energy is going through you. Like you feel mm-hmm. like you're excited because that play wouldn't happen without you. Yep. So, yeah. uh, you know, just like I said earlier, everyone's got to kind of be on the same page and uh and help one another and uh that's that's kind of what i did right there so so my question to you would be so you when you when you got um signed by the pats you see so you come to new england what was the feeling like when you actually met uh tom brady and bill bill belichick for the first time i mean did you could you feel the i, I, I guess the question would be could you feel like the greatness that you were kind of coming into and then you know what what did you learn from brady or belichick that when you know, a life lesson or something that you would take back just from learning from them football wise. What, what, what would what would the two what would two big takeaways be? One from each of them. Um, being in New England for the extent that I was, um, there's there's no there's no organization like it. Uh, I would I've been in uh, excuse me Baltimore. Um, I think uh, we had three years, four years with Bruce Arians in Arizona. Um, that was great, uh, but I don't uh, the discipline, the being on the same page. Uh, and if you're not, you know they're gonna find someone else. That's gonna <laughs> you're not gonna it. be around <laughs> long, right? <laughs> like, they don't care who you are. Um, just the focus that everyone had. I mean, I remember every team meeting. Uh, there's a bucket at the door. Everyone throws their phone in there because they already know if that phone rings, 
It don't matter who you are in that meeting. If you have your phone, <laughs> you potentially could be gone, you know, right. for the next meeting. So, uh, yeah, it's just just the focus right there, just throwing your phone in there, the discipline is just um, unmatched from anywhere I've ever been. Okay. So, so what, uh, you, you come to the Patriots, and then one of the things that we like to talk about is overcoming obstacles. And uh, you, you've had some obstacles uh, th- throughout your life. Uh, can you kind of share some of the things that you kind of went through and, and how you've kind of rose above that and, and kind of moved on with your life to become who you are now? Yes, yeah, so in 2016, I believe, yes, I got a DUI and um, in Arizona, uh, which obviously being an athlete, uh, a well-known one, uh, that TMZ got a hold of it. The news got a hold of it. And, uh, you know, I went to jail. Uh, and when I got out, it was just chaos. And uh, it's crazy. I remember it was my uh, it was my uh, fifth year, too, there. Um, so they just gave me my fifth-year option. Uh, so I went to work the next day and had to tell them what occurred, which they already knew. Um, and yeah, and uh, I remember I had to speak to Bruce Arians um, in his office and he was upset, but at the same time he was crying um, because he knew what was going to happen. Um, so I got released that day. Uh, and I think that was the first time where, like, I felt, like, alone. Because, uh, obviously, the whole world knows what, what right, occurred right. just sure. the other night. Uh, so, like, I'm, I'm sitting in my condo by myself. Uh, I think my nephew was with me, too, at the time. Uh, and uh, my mom flew down. Uh, she gave me an earful, just like a mom would do. And mm-hmm. that, but long as that I'm safe, she's fine with that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I sat there for about I believe like two days. Uh, you know, and the crazy thing is, either you get love, you know, on social media, or you get hate, you know. Yeah. So uh, I remember two days later, I got picked up by New England, and I'm like, awesome, yeah. like great. Uh, so I flew out there and obviously, you know, like people are like, wow, he got a DUI and now he's about to go for a Super Bowl. You know, that's BS, da da this, da da that. And, you know, I kind of, kind of, I obviously, you know, us as athletes, uh, we see that, but it's either you choose to ignore it or not. Uh, you try to ignore it, but you see it. Uh, but I came here um, in New England and they showed me, Love with open arms. Uh, I know Belichick was saying, you know, you know, we understand what occurred, um, and we're just here to help you in any way possible, uh, and you to help us win a Super Bowl in any way you can. Uh, so, you know, at that time, I'm, you know, I'm taking everything in, you know, because I was just in jail two days ago, right? Um. So I'm trying to refocus and get back uh, to football, just playing football. So that's um, kind of what happened. So then we win a Super Bowl, 
and the next day or two days later, you're, you know, you're in, you're downtown Boston going to, you know, all the stuff, you know, you have the uh, Super Bowl trophy and all this stuff. And, you know, I have to fly back home the next day and I have to spend 30 days in jail. So whenever I talk to people, they're like, oh, he's a, you know, he's a football star, you know, nothing ever happens to him. And I always say, look, I was at my highest high and two days later, I was at my lowest lows. Uh, yeah. I remember calling my mom and telling her, oh, excuse me, that was the first time ever in my life I was scared. Yeah. Because I know damn well I shouldn't be in this position at all. Right. Um, but yeah, it was uh it was definitely uh a time in my life where it was it was a big lesson that uh I learned from the most. Okay. So Tell us about it's 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 untold patriot story. So give us a funny story or just a story in general that that happened when you were with the Patriots. Could be you know a meeting, a play, a game, or whatever. Just something something that our listeners wouldn't hear unless they heard it from you. <laughs> okay, well you know they they call it time to go. Like they, you know he can make every pass, he can make you know every throw. You know he can make everyone look good. Down to this, down to that. But I remember. So Bill Belichick is big on like if you mess up in practice, he will go over and over <laughs> the play and make it like stick in your head. Yeah. And just curse you out and just, you know, say every every word in the book, every curse word in the book. <laughs> and I remember, I guess, before I got there, they were throwing this route and Tom could never do it. I never completed it in practice or in a game. Yeah. So I think Belichick had it. He's like, I'm done. I can't see this play no more. So he kept rewinding and he kept saying, Tom, you know what? We're taking this out of our playbook because you can't effing make this throw. <laughs> you can't do it. Yeah. Tom can't do it. And I'm like, I'm sitting in the back like, oh, my God, you're telling this dude he can't make this throw. It's like. Tom Brady. Yeah, right. <laughs> And, and it's funny, just like listening, like wow, like you're telling this guy that, but like that was that was just the attitude there. Like it was yeah. just like he had that that I don't know what you call it to be able to you know say anything to anybody. Like right. everyone was kind of on the same level. Like yeah. it wasn't no one better than anybody, you know. It, uh, yeah. But telling the best quarterback to ever play the game. That you know he can't make this throw. We're throwing this play out because of you. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny. Me and Dave actually heard that story from guys that played many years before you, and that we we heard that same story from each one of them. So that's funny. Uh, oh, you're up, Dave. Also, um, I guess we're you know we're talking about the Patriots. You were active for the divisional round um, against Houston. And that was quite a game. I happened to be there too, and it was it was wonderful to watch. Uh, Dion Lewis was a was a was a fan favorite, and he had an incredible game. Not to overshadow your touchdown pass by Brady that game, so that that was good too. But <laughs> what did you think of of Dion? You know, running a kickoff back, um, running rushing for a touchdown and catching a touchdown. Uh, you seen that happen often? Not too. I think in my time that was one time, and then. Um... Before I got to New England, David Johnson, when he was a rookie uh, out in Arizona. But, like, I mean, it's unreal. 
that, you know, guys, especially at his, his size, I mean, to be able to, to do that, like it's, it's just unreal. He was always, he was always, he was a quiet dude, but always came to work and uh, you know, nothing that, that, that couldn't happen to anybody else that in that position, you know, Dion's just a, a great dude, uh, a great listener. And uh, he loved the game and very passionate about it. That's what a lot of them guys were very passionate dudes about football. When people ask also, you know, about how's your time in New England? I mean, if you go to the parking lot, like you wouldn't see no fancy cars. Like I, if there were fancy cars, I didn't see them. You know, it was just guys like going to going to their work. You know, had their pickup truck. Had, you know, had a you know the little SUV, but like that's how that's how guys went there, which was pretty cool to see actually because it's totally different in Arizona. You know, I'll give you an, an untold Patriot story about us. Um, Scott's dog is named after Dion Lewis. Yeah, actually, yeah, he is. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he was actually, so Dion was the first autograph signing I did. So I, at the time I got the dog and I named him Dion and that's, that's how we get his name. Oh, nice. That's one thing else I like about, um, New England was cause it was just like, um, uh, Murday. Yeah. Like everyone wanted to be successful and you couldn't, if you were on New England, you, the pages, you couldn't go nowhere without people knowing who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Boston one time and it was like I might have been there for six years playing. Yeah. That's how like uh you know, just the people around you and pe- people being so nice because you play for the Patriots, which I love it. And I love the accent too. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh you, you're inactive for the Super Bowl game. What what's going through in your mind where the Patriots are uh trailing? There's uh, almost a thousand to one shot for them to come back. Where where were you in that game, and how did you feel that your teammates were going to pull that out? Calmest locker room I've ever seen in my life at a halftime game, at a big game like that, to be down 28-3. 99% of teams are done. Yep. But, like, the energy was, like, just so different. Like, everyone was like, yeah, we got this. We're, 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 yeah, we can come back. We're confident, you know? And, uh, that was new to me because I've been on teams where like you're down 28 three and, uh, you know, you might as well pack your bags cause it's over, you right. know, but not, not, not that team, you know, it's just, and you know, that goes for, you know, the guys on top, you know, the leadership that's there that nah, this, you know, we got a whole other, basically a whole another new game to, you know, play our cards right and win this football game and that's exactly what we did i mean the big quote is edelman on the sidelines we got to be laser focused and brady laser focused laser focused you know is that some of the things that you've learned i mean when you get out of football did you take some of that and bring that to your family and to your business i did actually and it's, um you know i'm just a guy where i if i put my mind to it to want to do something uh i'm going to do it and sometimes my wife doesn't like that because I kind of, <laughs> I kind of, you know, kind of take everything else away and I uh, just focus on what I need to do. Uh, but that's just how I am. I'm, uh, my, that's the, that's the guy I am. I'm just laser focused. And I think a lot of values 
come from football, you know, just hard working. Uh, you know, I just know that anything I put my mind to is kind of the same, the same values that I learned in football uh, and growing up is the same thing I'm going to take to the business world. Yeah. You know? So we'll start wrapping this up. So tell us a little bit, a little bit about what you, what you're up to nowadays. So I'll tell you a little story. So I, obviously I played seven and a half years. I never messed up my ankles, nothing like that. So when I retired, I found an intramural basketball league. And uh, <laughs> second, third time out there, I broke my foot. Aye, aye, aye. And I'm like, all this dang on football I played. <laughs> now one time did I mess up my feet. Now one, two, three times playing basketball, I messed up my foot. So I quit playing basketball. Um, and uh, I, the guys there, they're big into, uh, they always spoke about investment properties and being a realtor and stuff like that. And um, I know I love people. Uh, and where I'm from, I think a lot of people are uneducated with, um, you know, the home ownership process and owning homes. And I just know that's a, that's something where like, you can kind of brag about when you own a home, you sure. know, it's it's just something that you feel super grateful for that you're able to do that. So I got my real estate license uh, and uh, I'm, you know, I help out everybody. doesn't matter who you are. Uh, but I also want to go through every single process of what it takes uh, to get one into a home. Uh, and there's different kind of programs. Obviously there's different programs in Boston um, but here is my, my main focus to try to help people, um, stop throwing their money away and actually put it towards something that you could potentially own one day. Yep. Uh, so, uh, that's my kind of giving back, um, when it comes to business and, um, I'm grateful for that. Well, so if I'm looking for a refinance. No, I'm like, <laughs> we, can, we can talk afterwards. No. <laughs> hey, just tell whoever. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, if you trust me, you know that you can uh, ask me to find anyone for you. And I, to be honest, I know everyone everywhere. So yeah. um, awesome. There I can you hook know. you up with the best, the best realtor in your area. I appreciate cool. it. Yeah. Well, Mike, Michael, it's been a great conversation, and thank you so much for uh, for taking the time out of out of your night tonight to be on with us. It was good catching up with you again, and uh, you look great. And you know, best of luck on your new business, and uh, I hope it uh, makes you makes you uh, makes you prosperous going forward. And I wish the best to you and your family. So, thank you for joining us again tonight. Like I said, it was good uh, good talking to you again. Hey, Scott, Bob, Dave, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, and you know, I hope all hope all the best for you guys. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, peace, peace. Thanks for listening to Untold Patriot Stories with Scott Prusak and Dave Usher. Please follow us on whatever platform you download your podcasts, and be sure to tell your friends.